Hey, guys, how many times have you ever thought that the Lord was not answering the phone when you called? I mean, if we're being honest, sometimes we think that that's what happens. Sometimes we think he might be too busy. Sometimes we think that, uh, that maybe it's not for me. Let me just tell you, that's a lie. If you ever think that, hey, the reason why God ain't answering that prayer is because it's not for you. It, it, it's not about you. God sometimes will not answer that prayer the way you want it to because he's got something better planned for you. And it's always better. With God, it's always better. And so our part is to sit back by faith and trust him. But I want to tell you, sometimes we think that he's not there for you. This morning, you're going to find out you can always call on him because he's always there. He always comes through for you. Always. Say always. You got to believe, church, you got to believe that the Lord that spoke the universe into existence cares for you. Every single detail he cares about. And he always meets and exceeds your expectations. We'll fail you. Men will fail men. But the Lord will never fail you, ever fail you. And so I just want you to be encouraged this morning as we dive into the word. Amen. Father, we thank you for your word. It's always true. Thank you for blessing us with your word. Thank you for encouraging us. Thank you for giving us life as we look at your word. Father, we thank you for a clear revelation of Jesus in your word this morning, Father. Thank you for blessing us throughout this service. Thank you for the people you have here. God, you brought them here by your spirit. And God, we thank you for filling them with hope and encouragement that you are still, still for them. Thank you for your beautiful plan this morning in Jesus name. Amen. All right, let's go. So first Peter chapter one, verse 10, we'll start there. It says uh, of this salvation, the prophets have inquired and searched carefully who prophesied of the grace that would come to you. These guys, Peter's talking about these uh, this common salvation we have. We might have a lot of things that are different. You look on each other's Facebook and all that Instagram and stuff, which I'm staying away from, man. I'm getting to where I don't even like that stuff anymore. Let me just tell you this. If, if, if we're all different. We have different views, different opinions. But the one thing we have in common, and, and, and the one thing we have in common is our common salvation. And, and that's the thing that we're supposed to focus on. That's the thing that the enemy is trying to get us all not to focus on so we can be divided. But when you focus on our common salvation, that we are all saved by the same blood of Jesus, then we come together. Now, now, now we have that peace that everybody's looking for. You'll never find peace out there. People are going to disappoint you. Always will disappoint you because they're human. You disappoint people. But when we focus on our common salvation, that's what brings us together. And so that's what Peter's talking about, man. We had this common salvation. And the prophets spoke about that. They spoke, they inquired and searched carefully. And they prophesied of the grace that would come to you. They prophesied long ago about the grace. Grace here is favor. It literally means favor. The, the undeserved favor that you get from the Lord. Oh, they prophesied about that. It came to you. When? When did it come? All right. Searching what or, or uh, what manner of time the Spirit of Christ who was in them, in them, was indicating when he testified beforehand the sufferings of Christ and the glories that would follow. They were before the sufferings of Christ. We are what follows. We are what follows because Christ has already suffered. Amen? Amen. Don't you think one time was good enough? Yes. yes. So these prophets were prophesying about the grace that would come after his sufferings. You see that? So the question is, did Jesus suffer? Yes. yes. 
So now grace has come. We're not looking for grace. We have it. We have the favor of God right now. Right now, where you are in Christ, you have all the blessings of God. All the favor that God has to offer, you, you possess it right now. What stops us from receiving it? Our minds, when we go back, we're like, well, I don't deserve it. <laughs> I'll go ahead and settle that. You don't deserve it. It's a gift. Grace is a gift. And to us, it's not some message. It's a person in Jesus Christ. Amen? So that's what happened. They, they prophesied. Peter's talking about those guys that prophesied the favor that would come after Jesus suffered. Right? Oh, by the way, Jesus is not suffering anymore. Okay? To them, it was revealed. To who? The prophets. It was revealed that not to themselves, but to us, they were ministering the things which now have been reported to you through those who have preached the gospel to you by the Holy Spirit sent from heaven. Right? Things which angels desire. They desire to look into. Angels desire to see this grace. Don't forget the context of this whole conversation is the grace that already came. Right? Some people still don't understand what that means. Some people still don't understand that grace is favor from God. And, and that we all we got to do is simply receive it in Christ. How do we receive it? How? How do we have grace flow in our life? Well, that's what you're going to learn this morning, right? Therefore, gird up the loins of your mind. Anybody know what loins are in Scripture? Reproductive. Think reproductive, okay? How many of you guys know that your minds can reproduce thoughts? Yes? Be sober. Sober here means calm and collected. He's saying let your mind reproduce, but be calm and collected. Calm and collected. All right, so therefore gird up the loins of your mind. That means be in control of your thoughts. As they reproduce, be in control of your thoughts. And, and, and rest, rest. There's so much here. Rest your hope fully upon the grace that is to be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. So how do we control our thoughts? What are we supposed to rest fully on? That is the hope, the, the confident expectation of good upon the favor that is to be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Right? Revelation. Whenever you have a revelation of Jesus, you sense that favor. Everybody understand? And, when you, and you have a hope. You have a confident hope that God can make all this stuff work for you. Anything that you're going through right now, God can make it work for you. In fact, he does make it work for you. But look at this thing right here. I want you to, I want to see, this. see this present passive participle that is to be brought in the Greek. I want to show you why this is important. Because if you read this, it says that is to be brought to you. That's future tense. But in the original, it already is there. It's being. Present means what? Right now. Right now. It's the, the grace, the favor is being brought to you. You see that? It's not going to be. It already is being brought to you. That's why it says present passive. What does passive mean? This stuff's important, church. Passive means you don't do anything. If it was active, that's on us. Passive, God is doing that for you. God is continually bringing his grace upon you, his favor upon you. Everybody understand that? I love this, too. Look at this, 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 uh, this definition right here. 
in. So if you go back to this verse, it says that rest your hope fully upon the grace that is to be brought to you. We know that now that's that is being brought to us. You see where it says at to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. The word literally means in the revelation of Jesus Christ. What, what I'm telling you is that whenever you have a revelation of Jesus, Jesus, whenever you have a revelation, whenever you whenever you know, man, you're, you're learning knowledge about Jesus and about his finished work. When you when you're learning that, that's when that grace, that's when that grace just comes. It manifests in your life. You see it. It's in you. You have it all. You have it all. But it's in you. Sometimes it's it's, it's not allowed to come out. It's being suppressed by our thoughts because we're thinking in the flesh and we're thinking we don't deserve what God has got for us. So therefore, we're going to keep it down. But when you have a revelation of Jesus and everything that he did for you, it just comes out. It just flows. It's the flow of grace, really. It's beautiful, man. It's a beautiful thing, man. Oh, I, so I'll flip back. But you see it says in, by, just so you can see it. It's not at the revelation. It's in. Whenever you have a revelation of Jesus, that grace will flow. It's beautiful, man. Check this out. So when Jesus, whenever there was a need, right? I talked about this earlier. Whenever there's a need, Jesus meets that need. It's a revelation of Jesus. Every time there's a fresh revelation of Jesus, every time there's a different need. If there's a different need, everybody's got different needs. But when you have a fresh revelation of Jesus, he manifests himself to meet that need. So Martha said to him, I know that he will rise again, talking about her brother, Lazarus, in the, in the resurrection of the last day. And Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection. She needed a resurrection. He said, I am the resurrection. What happened to Lazarus? Brother floated out of there, didn't he? Just beautiful, man. What about this? And Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. He didn't say that because somebody needed a resurrection. Somebody was hungry. If that's a need, I'm the bread of life. Yeah? Isn't that beautiful, man? He who comes to me shall never hunger, and he who believes in me shall never thirst. He didn't say that to somebody that needed a resurrection. He was meeting another need. Love that, man. Check this out. Now, as Jesus passed by, he saw a man who was blind from birth. Is this man hungry? What's his need? He needs to see. Just four short verses later. As long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. He became the light for that blind man. And that blind man saw. So every time there's a fresh need, there's a fresh revelation of Jesus, he, need, he meets that need. So sometimes you think, hey, I understand that Jesus is the answer for everything that I, 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 I need. But how? How does it work? Where is he? Why is he not answering my prayer? Anybody ever felt like that? Well, he does. He does every time. He's consistent. And not only is he consistent, he makes everything work for you. For you. Even your mistakes. Even when you mess up. Because he never messes up. It sounds crazy when we say even when you mess up. but That's 100% time the case. <laughs> He never messes up. How about this? Even when somebody does something to you, he makes it work for you. Do you believe that? Yeah, man. People will, even in the greatest case, Jesus, Jesus, people were stoning him. They were throwing, they, they were with words, they were trying to kill him. With, with action, they were trying to kill him. They whipped him. They whipped him, tore skin off his back. They 
beat him with rods. They put a crown of thorn on his head. You think of all the sufferings of Jesus and how horrible that was. But God made it work for Jesus. Jesus didn't deserve all that. God made it work for him. You know why? He's in charge today. He's alive today. Isn't that a beautiful thing? God says he, can, he does that for you too. He makes everything your mistakes and people that uh, accuse you, people that curse you. He makes those things work for you because he loves you. Not because you did something right. It's because he loves you. First Peter back there, therefore gird up the loins of your mind. He's saying, hey, man, take control of these thoughts. Don't reproduce those negative thoughts. Gird them up, right? Gird them up. He says, be sober. That means, that means to be in control of your thoughts and rest. We have to rest our hope fully upon the favor that is, that is being brought to you in the revelation of Jesus. That's why you feel like you do when you come here on Sundays. That's why you walk out of here with a smile on your face. That's why you walk out of here with hope to face that world. Because you had a revelation of Jesus being for you and not against you. Some churches, and I used to be that preacher, that would, that would make you think that God is against you for your sin. And you walk out of here with no hope, thinking you got to do better. You can't do better. Stop trying. I tried my whole life, and I, couldn't, I could never measure up. And then I found out, what well, David couldn't either. I was like, that's pretty good company. Only one man could measure up, and he did it. He did it for you. <laughs> Bruce reminds me every Sunday morning, these are not balls. <laughs> Oh, check this out. So then, then I hear this verse a lot. I hear this verse quite often. It says, as obedient children, not conforming yourself to the former lust uh, as, your, as in your ignorance. And people will just pull that one verse out, man, and be like, you, you got to obey as obedient children. I'm like, well, <laughs> you see the comma there after Christ? There, that means that there's something. No sentence starts out with a little a, as. Right? So we got to read it in context, man. In context, this is saying it's grace, like like to obey as obedient children or whatever you want to take from that message. That's the last thing. The first thing is we got to receive grace. Grace will lead to that. Grace will lead to us doing that. You can't start there. You got to start with revealing Jesus as someone who gives grace. Then that then we get to that point where we obey, where we, where we can come as obedient children where we can not conform ourselves to the former lust that we had. And, and as in your ignorance, this ignorance there is not like dumb in a matter. This ignorance is, is, uh, is, is not, um, not being who you are, not, not being not operating in, in, in your old self and not being the one that you know who you are, right? I always tell people, man, that's not who you are. I tell myself that this is not who you are, right? That's not what God called you to do. So you would think here, in your in your in your ignorant you would think um okay i don't believe that god can meet my needs so therefore i'm gonna have to go steal to get it right that's going back to your former lust ignorance because you're saying i don't believe jesus can meet that need meeting that need is grace it's favor for you but if you think you you don't deserve it or you he's not going to do it for you he's not going to answer the phone you're going to take control and do it yourself even in business if you got a business deal going 
And you're like, man, God's not going to make this happen, so I'm going to have to fudge a little bit with the numbers, right? That's your operating in ignorance because you're not trusting the Lord to do what he said he was going to do. Does that make sense to you guys? All right, so then it goes into, uh, let, oh, let's go to Second Peter. <laughs> Simon Peter, a bondservant and apostle of Jesus Christ, to those who have attained like precious faith with us by the righteousness of our God and Savior Jesus Christ. What's like precious faith? Was Peter a pretty good um, starting point for the church? What was it? What, what, you know, he could walk by somebody and, and heal them, right? He could heal them, touch them, shadow, all that stuff, right? Peter? Peter was the rock. Jesus called him the rock of the church. We have that same faith, the same faith Peter had. You're like, I don't want Peter's faith. He's saint. That was before. He was restored. Right. People always point out Peter's faults. But we can never forget he was restored by Jesus. He said, feed my sheep, feed my flock. We've been restored. Amen. All right. Um, Grace. Oh, oh, grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge. Say knowledge in the knowledge of God and of our Jesus, our Lord in the knowledge. How do you get grace? Favor, God's favor, and peace, shalom peace, Irene peace. How do you get that? How do you get that multiplied in your life? In the knowledge of God and of Jesus. The knowledge, the more you have, the more knowledge you get. Epinosis. Gnosis is knowledge, right? Epi is perfect, precise knowledge. So it's not just knowledge of God and Jesus. It's perfect and precise knowledge of jesus that's important yeah so look uh as his divine power has given to us has given that's past tense has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness and we're like man we got to be more godly he's given it to us everything you need to be more godly you already have you don't have to go to a class for it. Everything you need to be more godly, you possess right now. And not just the godliness, because that's what some preachers like to point out. What about all things that pertain to life? We have all things that pertain to life. All things. Peace. Protection. Health. Do those things pertain to life? Yeah. Well, guess what? We have them. We have them. What stops us from receiving them? We're blinded to that fact, man. We think that because we, we're looking at ourselves. If you keep looking at yourselves, you'll never feel worthy. And you shouldn't. But if you look at your Savior who's representing you, then you understand that I have all things. <laughs> I just got to remember to pick them up. Sometimes you just get so fired up, man. You want to, like, jump out there, but nobody will catch me. I know. I mean, you know. I have broke ribs. But then y'all could, like, anoint me and feed me a cracker, and then y'all could watch me rise up. <laughs> I always think of Chris Tucker. <laughs> Chris Tucker in that movie, he's like. I love that dude. How in the world does Chris Tucker enter our sermon, man? I don't understand that. Okay. Okay. Okay, all right, life and godliness. I want you to see that, that you have all things. 
You have. Past tense. Right? He has given it to you. You, you. In Christ, if you've accepted Christ, you have all things that pertain to your life. There's nothing else you need. So stop thinking, I got to do this in order to get that. All you got to do is rest and watch the Lord go to work on your behalf. That's what he does. And he'll give you wisdom to do those things. How many of you guys have tried to do things to make stuff happen and it didn't work out? Well, let me tell you this. If you rest and get wisdom from him, now you can walk it out. And now it happens. It happens. Man, ask Jonah. Jonah was like, man, I'm making this happen. I'm running. I'm running from him. I don't want to go there. Those people don't deserve it. I'm running this way. And you know what happened when God told him to go to Nineveh? He, got, he went that way, got in a boat to go that way, away from Nineveh. Boom. He's like, I don't want Nineveh, Nineveh. And he went that way. Got in the boat. God said, okay, do your thing, man. Do your thing. They threw him over because a storm came. Well came. Ate him up. Didn't eat him up. <laughs> that would be gross. <laughs> Swallowed him up. <laughs> Sat in the belly that well, right? Where did he end up? That well did a U-turn. Ended up in Nineveh. Now, he could have went smelling nice, dressed nice, because God said, hey, that's why I want you. But he tried to make something else happen. Still got to where God wanted him, but he was stanky. Yeah, yeah. He was stanky, his wet, got spit up. He got thrown up by a well. I'm saying rest rest listen he'll give you the knowledge and you'll get there the way he wants you to get there i mean he, he's going to get you to where he wants you to be just rest just rest man love that all right look uh grace to be we did that knowledge of him who called us by glory and virtue comma right by which by which that means by means of by means of have been given have been given past tense have been given to us exceedingly great and precious promises. We have all the promises of God. Thank God doesn't say curses. Thank God doesn't say law. It says we have great, exceedingly great, not just great, exceedingly great and precious promises that through these you may be partakers of the divine nature. Having escaped, that's past tense. We're not trying to escape. We have escaped. Having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust, but also for this reason, giving all diligence, add to your faith virtue. Virtue, that's moral uh, excellence, right? Virtue, add to your faith virtue to virtue knowledge. Again, that is epinosis, not just knowledge, perfect and precise knowledge, right? Uh giving diligence, add to your faith virtue, to virtue knowledge, to knowledge self-control, to self-control perseverance, to perseverance godliness, right? To godliness, brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness, love. For if these things are yours and abound, you will be neither barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. In the knowledge, we would, if we have those, everybody wants those things, right? And we always say if Christians aren't operating that way, then there's something wrong with them. They got sin in their life. And they need to confess. They need to repent. They need to walk away from that. Because we're supposed to have virtue, self-control. We're supposed to have brotherly love for one another. And people say, you can ask any pastor around here, including me five years ago, 
Why don't Christians have that? What, what's wrong with people? What's causing that to happen? Sin. Sin's causing that. But that's not true. Because look what it says. Verse 9. For he who lacks these things is short-sighted even to blindness and has forgotten that he was cleansed from his old sins. That's why Christians aren't acting that way. That's why there's no brotherly love. That's why there's no moral excellence within the church. Because they forgot that they've been cleansed from their old sins. They, they didn't forget that they were sinners. They forgot that they were cleansed from their old sin. Whoa! Think about that. How many of you guys grew up and saw that in church? Because that would have changed my life. That the reason why I'm not acting the way I'm supposed to be with godliness is because I forgot that I was cleansed. That's what I'm saying. Grace opens the door to all those things. The more you know it's been done for you, the more you'll become those things. That's why you can't do it on your own. You can't, on your own, you can't become moral excellence. You can't just love people. You got to be loved first to understand what love is to be able to love other people. Isn't that a true? In your own relationships, think about that. We got to know, man, our sins are completely forgiven. And we will love one another. We will have all those wonderful things, right? So let's go to John real quick. Now, as Jesus passed by, he saw a man who was blind from birth. Now, we went there earlier. I want to show you something. The man was blind from birth, and his disciples asked him, saying, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Now, let's just think about this. I can understand his parents with a generational curse, but how could that brother have sinned in the womb? You ever wonder that? Like, like, was he cussing his mom out for eating tacos or something? I, how, how, does a, how does a man sin before he's born? And we're like, that's a good question. But, but that's what religion does. Religion always looks at sin. Uh, religion's always trying to find sin as the issue, as the core. We forgot sin is not the issue anymore because Jesus paid for sin. And not just for the church's sin, for the sins of the world. Sin's dealt with. When Jesus comes back, it says in Hebrews 9, it's not to deal with sin. Sin's dealt with. They just need to know who dealt with it. That's the, that's the missing link. We keep telling them how they need to repent because they're so dirty and sinful. Meanwhile, we have the same sin, but we're forgiven. They need to know that sin's been dealt with. And the Bible says it's the goodness of God that will lead them to repent. Not telling them how bad they are. And I don't know why I always point this way. There's sinners on that side too. People are like, hey, leave a lateral alone. I'm like, okay, High Springs too. Lake City. Okay, we just skip over Gainesville, boy. Oh, okay, I got some sinners. Jacksonville. Is it? No, 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 Y'all going to be shocked when that new Jerusalem comes back to Tallahassee, boy, and just dro drops on the Capitol. 
I knew this was heaven. And then you got Bobby Bowden up there. With, anyway, that's. <laughs> All right. Anyway, anyway. So there was a, he was born blind. They said, man, <laughs> isn't that a crazy question? But look, that's what religion does, man. And Jesus answered, neither this man nor his parents sin. In other words, stop looking at the sin. Stop seeing it as, as that God, that the works of God should be revealed in him. That's why things happen. Don't judge people based on what they're going through. Don't judge people based on what you see. You got to know that the reason why things are happening is so that the works of him who sent me, God, will be revealed. People, people will see God working in their lives. They don't judge people by, based on what they're going through. We got to get away from that, man. That's, that's what's wrong. That's what's wrong with social media today. People just judge based on what they see or what they hear. Doesn't matter if it's true or not. Stay away from that. This is the truth. The scripture is the truth. Hercules, Hercules. Hey, y'all, y'all know that movie? Okay, good. I figured you did with that reaction, man. That's my wife's favorite part, man. She's like, Hercules, Hercules. <laughs> oh, my goodness. We are going downhill, man. Like, so the reason people don't look at the sin, right? I, I must work the works of him who sent me while it is day. The night is coming when no one can work. And then he says, as long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. And when he said these things, he spat on the ground, made clay with his saliva, and he anointed the eyes of the blind man. Do you think the blind man heard him say, I am the light of the world? He had a revelation of Jesus. He knew that Jesus could do it. As soon as he heard that, he had a revelation of Jesus. I am the light of the world, right? And, and then he said, and he said to him, go wash in the pool of Siloam, which is translated sent. So he went and washed, came back seen. You got a need? Jesus is the answer. But you got to have a revelation of who he is. You got to know whatever need it is, whether it's finances, whether it's uh, health, whether it's a family matter, it doesn't matter. You go to Jesus. You call Jesus. You have a revelation that he's for you, that he can do it, and then you just receive it, and you watch him do it. You'll come back seeing. He's like, trust me. Sometimes we can't trust him in our, in our nature because we're looking at ourselves. And you know why? Because we think we don't deserve it. Because we're looking at ourselves. Anytime you look at yourself, you'll never deserve it. But when you look at Jesus, you'll see that you already have it. Grace came at the revelation of Jesus. Every single time, grace comes at the revelation of Jesus. You look back in the Bible, you look at all the miracles, you look at Jesus doing stuff. You, when they have a revelation of Jesus, you see the favor of God come. That's how favor flows in your life. you got to have a revelation of Jesus. Amen? Are we seeing that? Love that, man. So why can't some believers see it? Why can't some believers see the grace that God has given them? Why is there so much, uh, 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 so much stuff out there against grace? Why? Let me go here. 1 Samuel 3, 1. We're almost done. We're almost done. Okay? Uh, wow. All right. Now. Now the boy Samuel ministered to the Lord before Eli. Listen, the boy Samuel, there's about to be a change. Eli represents the old priesthood. Samuel's coming in. He's the new stuff. He's coming in, right? There's about to be a change. Eli represents the old priesthood. There's a lot of old priesthood representation going around 
on Sundays. Amen. Old priesthood. Samuel's the new one. He's coming in. Let me show you about Eli. Eli was a high priest, right? And he he uh, he allowed his son to do some crazy stuff, right? Crazy stuff. Go read it. We ain't got time. (laughs) So God was like, okay, done with that. Bringing in new leadership, right? So I wanted to go way back to the beginning when Hannah appeared, right? Do you guys remember the story of Hannah and Hannah? It's, it's beautiful. So Hannah arose after they had finished eating and drinking in Shiloh. Now, Eli, that's like in Fort White. She was in Fort White. <laughs> Did y'all know Hannah was in Fort White? <laughs> Isn't there a Shiloh church in Fort White? Yeah, see, see? I think actually there's a Shiloh church everywhere. <laughs> Shiloh. Now, now, Eli, the priest, was sitting on the seat by the doorpost of the tabernacle of the Lord, and she was in bitterness of soul and prayed to the Lord and wept in anguish. Anybody feel like Hannah sometimes? You're like, man, you're just so, like, there's no hope. You, what did Hannah want? Anybody know? A baby. Baby, right? And then she made a vow and said, O Lord of hosts, if you will indeed look on the affliction of your maidservant and remember me and not forget your maidservant, but will give your maidservant a male child, uh, then I will give him to the Lord all the days of his life, and no razor shall come upon his head. And it happened as she continued praying before the Lord that Eli watched her mouth. That's creepy. No, he was, because you'll see why in a second. Right? Now Hannah spoke in her heart. Only her lips moved, but her voice was not heard. Therefore Eli thought she was drunk. So Eli said to her, how long will you be drunk? Put wine away from you. Eli represents the old priesthood. When you are in the old covenant, you become very judgmental. And you don't even recognize the favor of God. Because Hannah's name means the favor of God. The grace of God. The favor of God. The grace was right in front of him. And he couldn't see it. Because he was that old priesthood. That's what old covenant does. You can either be under law or you can be under grace. You can't be both. That's a deadly mixture. That's why Jesus, or that's why he says in Revelation, I'll spit you out of my mouth. I wish you were either hot or cold, but you're both. Makes me sick. You know why? Because the more you think that you are accepted by God by your actions, the law, you're taken away from what Christ did on the cross. And I'm going to tell you something. Don't ever take away from what Jesus did on the cross, especially when you're going to God for something. If you go to God thinking, man, listen, I'm going to do my best to stop doing this. I'm going to do my best. I, 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 I. You will always fail. Because you're resting in your own ability to be able to do that. And I'm going to give you some comfort here. No one in the history of this world has ever been able to do it perfectly. Except Jesus. Except Jesus. That's the reason he came. That's why we can say we're not under law anymore. We're under grace. That's what the Bible says, Romans 6. Right? The power of sin is in the law. The power of sin is in the law. Think about that. And we're trying to get you to stop sinning by giving you the law. Meanwhile, we're giving power to your sin by doing that. It's backwards. And who do you think likes to mix that stuff up? Satan. He twists it, puts it back on you. Whenever you feel like it's on you, that's not from God. Whenever you feel like Jesus did it and you're thankful, that's from God. That's from the Lord. Right? He wants you focused on Jesus, not your sin. Amen? So Eli represents the old priesthood. He couldn't even see grace when it was right in front of his face, man. 
That's cool. You need a t-shirt. Grace up in your face. <laughs> You'll be a guy like this. <laughs> grace all up in your face. Because I'm all about that grace. About that grace. All right, back to, back to scripture, please. We're almost done. We're almost done. All right. Uh, it could go back. It says, now the boy Samuel ministered to the Lord before Eli, and the word of the Lord was rare in those days. There was no widespread revelation. There was no, it was rare. And now, we heard last week, we're under the word of his grace. And so, I'm telling you, that's changing today. More and more people are seeing the grace of God, the favor of God. And more and more people are receiving the true gospel. And things are happening in this world. God is raising up a whole new generation. A generation that won't go through what you went through. A generation that won't be afraid all the time. A generation that's free. A generation that's not condemning themselves all the time. A generation that's not trying to please God, but knows that in Christ, they are very pleasing to God. That's going to change this world. Imagine if you knew what you knew now. <laughs> right? We had to finish it, so there you go. All right, and it came to pass at the time while Eli was lying down in his place and when his eyes had begun to grow so dim that he could not see the grace that was right in front of his face. That, that, that is truly the Bible telling you that they, what blinds you is the old covenant. The old covenant blinds your eyes from receiving grace. Isn't that beautiful? All right, so... Um, there's a comma there. We'll keep reading. Uh, oh, I put this down. Eli represents the leadership that has forgotten their, their sins are forgiven. That's what the old priests do. That's why when you get old covenant preaching, it's all about sin. You shall not, you shall not, you shall not, you shall not. Right? But when you get new covenant preaching, God says, I will, I will, I will, I will. Hebrews chapter 8 and 10 both say that. He says, man, I've done away with that old covenant. Now, I'm getting away from that old covenant. Now there's a new covenant. In this covenant, I will. I will. He says, I will remember your sins no more. No more. Right now, where you sit, we're in that new covenant. And God's saying, I don't remember your sins anymore. How can a holy God say that when we're still sinning? Because he sees Jesus. He sees the blood of Jesus covering you. Now, does that make you want to go sin right now? No, that's a lie, too. The more you have a revelation of Jesus, the more, the less you will want to go out there and do those things. Because now you have a relationship. Verse 3. And, we're right. and before the lamp of God went out in the tabernacle of the Lord where the ark of God was, and while Samuel was lying down, that the Lord called Samuel. No more Eli called Samuel, and he answered, here I am, Lord. Here I am. And under this new covenant, you can hear the Lord call you, and you can say, here I am. I'm telling you, grace changes you. Great, don't come against grace. In fact, Paul pronounced a double cursing on someone that would come against grace. Don't come against grace. You receive grace. Say, here I am, Lord. Grace will open your eyes. Grace will always open your eyes. Remember Paul, before he became Paul, he was Saul, and he was a, he was a, 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 a law man. He was, he was all about the law, 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 law. These people believing in this Jesus, man, and he was being trained to, he was being trained by the best. 
He knew the law front and back. And I believe that's why God chose him because he knew the law. And guess what? He's on this road to kill Christians. And you know what? The Lord shows up and about, he had a revelation of Jesus on that road. And his eyes were blinded. But then you know who opened his eyes? Ananias. Hannah, Anna, Hannah, Anna, Ananias. Ananias means the grace of God. The grace of God opened Paul's eyes. Literally went and prayed over him. God sent a man whose name is Ananias, whose name really means the grace of God, to open up Paul's eyes. You think that's by chance? That's for us. That's for us to let you know that grace will open your eyes. The law will blind your eyes to his goodness. Amen? Are we done? Oh, let's go back and finish with this. Grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge, in the knowledge, the, the perfect knowledge of, of God and of Jesus our Lord. And his divine power has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness. I just want you to walk out of here knowing that whatever your need is today, I don't know what it is. It could be finances. It could be relationships. Battling depression. It could be family. I don't know what your need is, but I know who can meet it. I know who has met it. Because it says, man, he has given us, given us, given, in, in, in. We already possess it. All things that pertain to this life. So whatever need you might have, and everybody's got a different one, I want you to know the Lord's already met that need. Because he's already given you everything you need. Right? Now, as we go through these things together, we got to know we're not by ourselves. But we also cannot look at ourselves and think, this is why this is happening, because I did this or because I did that in my past. God is not looking at your past. If God's not looking at your past and if God is not counting your sin against you anymore, why are you? We got to let it go. We got to let that go. Amen. Let it go. Let the grace flow. Oh, 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 oh. can y'all feel it? Can you feel it, baby? I can, too. Oh. Say, seriously, man, listen. It, it, listen. It's hard to get back from that, I know. But listen, isn't it amazing that you don't have to do anything to deserve the love that God has for you except receive Jesus? He made it so simple. Religion jacks it up. It took man to jack that up. He made it so simple. He said if you, if you confess with your mouth Jesus as your Lord and your Savior. Listen, confess with your mouth who? Do you know it doesn't say confess your sin? As it's been preached to us, the ABCs, you got to admit you're a sinner. That, to hell with that. That's where it came from. You don't confess your sin. You confess your Savior. Amen? Confess your Savior. You confess with your mouth Jesus as Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him. That means you believe he's alive today. That means you believe that your sin is paid for. When you do that, the Bible says you are saved. That's it. It's simple. You don't need no 12-week class. Ain't nobody got time to teach that class. I'm busy. He's busy. <laughs> you don't need that, man. You can come here. This is session. Class is in session. Amen? But when I say that with humility because Jesus, the Holy Spirit, is the one teaching us all these things. How y'all feel? Good. Hey, stand up and give the Lord a hand.
Stand up and give Jesus the hand. Because, hey, all this, nothing, none of this matters, none of this matters if Christ didn't do what he did. And I hope you understand. Thank you, Bruce. <laughs> I got a problem, man. I got a problem. I got to fix it. None of this matters if Christ didn't do what he did. None of it. And I hope you heard Christ more than you heard any name in here this morning. I hope you understand that, that that's what grace does. Grace makes you talk about Jesus. The law makes you talk about a holy God that you can't ever please because the law puts it back on you. But in Christ, you are very pleasing to the Lord. You are his beloved. You are the, the beloved there at church means you're the one being loved. It's not your love for God. It's God's love for you. That's what the Bible says. Amen. First John chapter four, for in this is love, not that you love God, but that God first loved you and gave you his son, Jesus Christ. That's what love is. Amen. It's not your love for him. So all we can do is receive what he's done for us. I don't care what you got going on in your life. I want you to walk out of here knowing that God's got it met already. You got to walk by faith. Even if you can't see it in the natural, we are in the supernatural. We're not in this world. We're not of this world. We're in it, but we're not of it. We speak from a heavenly standpoint. We are seated in the heavenly places. That's what the Bible says. That's who we are. I need you to know who you are. I need you to walk out of here with power, knowing that Satan has no control over you. Listen, God is not going around putting out fires that Satan started. God knew those fires would be started. Don't put Satan ahead of God. Never put Satan ahead of God. Nothing catches your father by surprise. He knows before Satan's nothing. He is a loudmouth, defeated foe. I like the golf clap. They're like, Troy, you loud. Let's do this. Hey, so listen, if you need prayer, I'll pray over you. I will. I will anoint you. We'll pray over you about whatever need you have. We can do that anywhere in this place. But I want, I want you to walk out of here knowing that you have been given great power, power to step on Satan. He has nothing for you, nothing. You have the power. And so the way we close out our church here is Pastor Dwayne comes up. He prays a blessing over you, and you just receive it by saying amen. That's saying, hey, let that be what he's saying because he's speaking truth. Let that be unto me. Amen? Amen. Let's go before the Lord, church. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for your word today, God. We thank you that we can call to Jesus and he answers. It's right in your word, Father. You said, call to me and I will answer you and show you great and mighty things which you do not know. Thank you, Father, for your word. Thank you for your promises. Thank you, Father, for your faithfulness. Thank you, Father, for supplying all of our need according to your riches and glory. Father, I thank you for all of those who are in this place, Father. Their minds and their hearts are concerned with things and, and family members who may not be feeling well, Father. Lord, I just lift those families up to you right now in the name of Jesus, Father. And I speak life and health and strength over them, Lord. We ask, God, that you would bless the work of our hands, Father, that you would cause us to be fruitful and to multiply, Father. Cause us, Father, to sit, rest, and receive from you all that you have for us, God. Thank you for your Holy Spirit, Father, who reminds us of all the things, Father, that you've spoken into our hearts and into our minds, Father, bringing those things back to our remembrance, Father, in due time. And I thank you, Father, for causing us to go out of this place, Father, equipped to do the work of the ministry. Thank you, Father, for the divine appointments, Father, that you're going to give us 
all the people, Father, that you're going to allow us to, to, to come in contact with and to communicate with, Father, and to share this good news, the good news of the grace of God, the gift of God that heals and saves and delivers and sets free and makes whole. We thank you for the blessing of the Lord that makes one rich, and we know that you had no sorrow to it. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. We are dismissed.